Hey. I'm hey, Grace. Hey, That's hey. Rachel. <laughs> We're paranormal. And we are myths and misfortunes. A Podcast. paranormal. <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, if you don't already know, hopefully you're you're this far in hopefully you know some people listen to podcasts backwards this is That's true weird. and out You're of weird. order I'm shaming you <laughs> don't shame them um anyway we are a well we already said that we each week no this is a special <laughs> we're not doing that this is a special Easter, bitches. Yes, yes. Easter, the Christian holiday that celebrates the rebirth of Jesus Christ. Yeah, some Roman assholes killed Jesus and he zombified three days later. Yes, the zombie Jesus holiday. I guess zombie Jesus likes bunnies? Well, Mm. we'll see. We'll see. Typically, Easter is the second Sunday of April. However, according to the Gregorian calendar, it can fall anywhere between March 22nd and April 25th. The origin of the name Easter seems to be a hot topic among historians. Some say that the word comes from... Ostre? The Anglo-Saxon goddess of fertility. Easter is also thought to be derived from the Latin phrase in alibus, which is the which is plural for alba or dawn, and that in turn Ooh. became Eostrum, 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 in Old High oh, German. Sure. sure, sure. Despite the fact that Easter is a Christian holi- <laughs> holiday. It's a holiday. Oh my god, you think those were the good ones? Yes. Despite the fact that Easter is a Christian holy day, many of the traditions and symbols actually have pagan roots, particularly the pagan goddess Ostra and in the Jewish and the Jewish holiday of Passover. The most widely known symbols are the rabbit and the Easter egg, of course. The rabbit symbolizes the beginning of spring, and the egg symbolizes fertility and renewal. There is also a German myth that says that Ostra healed a wounded bird that she found in the woods by changing it into a hare. While it was still partially a bird, the hare showed its gratitude to the goddess by laying eggs as gifts. Most religious people go to Mass and celebrate Lent, a season of reflection and preparation where Christians abstain from indulgences. Indulgences like eggs, apparently? Eggs play a... No. No. (laughs) No. Chocolate eggs. Yeah. Yeah. Chocolate. Eggs play a very big part in Easter traditions. People tend to color hard-boiled eggs, decorate them have easter egg hunts um that's actually one thing i'm going to miss this year with my family is the easter egg hunts while i didn't particularly enjoy them so much anymore since i've grown up i did really love seeing how much fun my younger cousins had i liked it as a kid but i always kind of missed easter since i started working in retail Mm -hmm. so i'm kind of used to it now we always had Easter egg hunts at my grandpa's house, and they would hide an egg that had, like, five bucks in it, and I always tried to get it. I lost most of the time. Oh, yeah, my family did that, too. My cousins would always cheat and shake the eggs so that they wouldn't, so that they wouldn't grab the ones with change in them. Joke's on them. The change adds up. One year, I got 15 bucks. Oh, <laughs> is that 
cheating, though? I feel like that's just logic. Well, yeah, but we would help stuff the eggs, and we would always intentionally put Tootsie Rolls and, like, just candy in certain eggs. So there would be no jingling whatsoever. Yeah, we never went that far. No, uh, we just had eggs that had candy and ones that had money, and we just grabbed what we could. Speaking of candy, Easter baskets? Oh, yeah. I used to get some good primo stuff. Sometimes I would get CDs and and stuff with my candy. That edible grass was great. Did you ever have that? No. No. Actually, (laughs) I don't think I... Okay, honestly, before I was friends with you, I never knew that edible grass was a thing. I love it. And, I mean, we never got it. It was usually chocolate bunnies, Cadbury eggs, uh, Robin's eggs, those those gum eggs, the eggs that turn mm-hmm. into gum when you chew them, sixlets, marshmallow eggs, and, of course, a stuffed animal. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Mine this year is a little rooster. That's so cute. <laughs> we, we had basically the same stuff. The edible, oh, so the edible grass, for those who don't know, it's really just, like, these tiny, like, thin strips of, like, flavored wafer. Like, you know those, like, wafer cookies? Yeah, but also I'm thinking... I, I thought they were more like floss. No. no. I mean, they're, they can be really... It's really long and, like, wrapped together. Okay. But... If you've seen... Think of, like, thick rice noodles. Okay. Yeah. But wafer. Anyway, they came in two flavors. There was strawberry and green apple... Green apple was the best. My favorite thing, though, was the giant, like, giant hollow bunny that we would get, like... Every year. Yeah. Yeah. We would each get one so we wouldn't have to share. Was it... Did you get, like, the three-footer ones or, like, the ears that were, like, a foot long? it was, like, this big. Oh, you can't see. (laughs) I can't see. (laughs) Like, this big. Okay. That's fairly big, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> but no, three feet. That's crazy. Are those real? I think so. I think I've seen some that are that big. Because I always thought, oh my god, that would be gone. I don't think they were real when we were kids. Probably not. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They last forever. <laughs> okay, uh. so. Today... I come first with my Easter story because mine's the fucked up one. Um, I'm not entirely so sure about that. Mm, Mm, Yeah, mm, you better be sure because you don't know mine. Do you know mine? All I know is massacre. Yeah, it's literally got massacre in the name, Rachel. Okay, but still. Massacre is in the name. Doesn't mean anything. Okay. <laughs> Read on. Tell me. What what is your so, Easter massacre? This is the Easter massacre. Um, was it, when was it? Shoot. I don't know. It was like 1975. Oof. My sources are Murderpedia, of course. Wikipedia, of course. WCPO.com. And that's it. <laughs> okay. I found some extra sources that I ended up not needing to use because they were on Wiki, um, Murderpedia. Oh, yeah. I do that to you. So I'm going to start with the perpetrator of this massacre. Okay. His name is James Ruppert. Ruppert? Are you, like, Rupert, but two Ps. Okay. So, yeah. Are you P-P-E-R-T? Rupert. Rupert. Okay. Most of this. Okay. So most of what I'm about to tell you is things that he told psychologists after the fact. Okay. So very similar to several that I've read. Yeah. yeah, But don't take it like all is like the truth. Yeah. Don't take it as fact. It's just his... A lot of it is just what he says he experienced, which, um, anyway. Yeah. So, James Ruppert was born on March 29th, 1934. Okay. 
That's a while back. That is a while back. While back. When he was a child, the Rupert family lived in a long barn-like house in Hamilton, Ohio. Okay. It didn't have indoor plumbing or running water. And they raised chickens and squabs in the back of the house. What are squabs? Birds. That's so sus- <laughs> that's so suspicious. I think they're I think they're similar to um hold on. I'm googling. Yeah. Kind of bird. Oh, it's like a dove. Shit. It's a dove. They kill okay. the poor doves. This one's really ugly. It's an u- it's, it's an ugly duckling. Look at it. Oh. Look at it. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> ugly. Okay. So, um when he was a child, he began suffering from asthma. Oh no. He yeah, he was like super allergic to dust and feathers, which um, um yeah, isn't <clears throat> yes, isn't the best for someone who's supposed to be helping raise Chickens. birds. Yeah. Yeah. So because of this, he was so sickly that he wasn't allowed to participate in gym or play sports. Oh. The other kids, yeah, the other kids in the neighborhood called him a sissy. He was teased a lot. Okay. Poor guy. Um, He didn't have... mm, Don't say poor guy. Okay, not poor guy. I mean, that's shitty. That sucks. It definitely sucks, because I understand not being able to breathe. Yeah, I mean, not in the way that I he noticed, but, but yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Anyway, he didn't have a lot of friends. Um, he was pretty much a loner all the way through high school, like not going to dances, never dating girls, mm-hmm. no after school clubs or anything. Mm-hmm. James said that his father had a violent temper and constantly told him that he would never amount to anything. Rude. Yeah. Um, His father died at 36 of complications from tuberculosis when James was 12, forcing him and his older brother Leonard to grow up faster than a lot of other kids. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. He told psychiatrists that after his father's deaths that his... Deaths. Deaths. Multiples. (laughs) He died multiple times. He's Samon Dean Winchester. Jesus. He told psychiatrists that after his father's death... That his mother was physically and emotionally abusive, and even instructed Leonard to act the same. No! I can't... How... Why do some people do that? That's just... I don't know, but remember, this is what he said. Okay, valid. Valid. Okay. And it, it may be entirely true. I couldn't find anything that... Of, like, witnesses to support that, mm-hmm. but... A lot of stuff goes on behind people closed like, doors. Closed doors yeah. So, um, you can okay, you can really tell that James was jealous of everything Leonard had. Um, just reading through the stuff that he told psychiatrists. Yeah, like Leonard was able to go out and make friends and play sports. Leonard was taller, had better grades, and was able to graduate from night school with a degree in electrical engineering. Mm-hmm. And he became successful at his job at GE. All right. And he was married with eight children. Uh, That's a lot of a lot kids. of kids. I do, I do not want that many. <laughs> yeah. James, though, um, James was short, a loner. He flunked out of college and could never seem to hold down a job. Okay. He had a fiancé, but it hadn't really worked out. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Leonard's wife used to date James. Oh yeah, he actually introduced mm. the two, and I guess after it didn't work out with James, she went to went on to yeah. Leonard. Um, yeah, he also had a deep seated hatred for Leonard because, again, according to him, Leonard was abusive towards him through most of his life. Or maybe he was Thing- just a brother. Some of the things did sound like brotherly stuff, but there was other things like beating him with a hose and like sitting on his head until which the sitting on his head until he like started screaming. That's very. I was gonna say yeah. That's also very sister like. So yeah. <laughs> um. Especially if you're close in age. Yeah, yeah. I think Melody tried to smother me like twice. <laughs> um. 
Uh, things only got worse uh, when in 1965, James became extremely paranoid and thought that his brother was conspiring against him. What? The local... Yeah. Uh, the local de- police department determined that James had made an obscene phone call to an employee at the local public library where he spent a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't find anything about this phone call, but I'm assuming two things about it. One, that the employee was a man, mm-hmm. and two, that the call was sexual in nature. Oh. So, okay. I'll explain why. So, okay. James was somehow convinced that his mother and brother were attempting to discredit him by telling everyone about the phone call and reporting to the FBI that he was a communist and a homosexual. Which is why I assumed that... Because him thinking that was a direct result of the phone call. Okay. So, that's why I think um, that. But I, don't, I know, I know. Uh, the paranoia only got worse. He believed that the FBI was tapping his phone. Actually, all phones in places that he frequented. Oh, Jesus. Like, yeah, like bars, restaurants, wherever he went, mm-hmm. the phones were tapped. And that it wasn't just the FBI that was after him. He thought that he was being followed by the State Highway Patrol, the local sheriff's department, private detectives, and the Hamilton police. What What does he think he did? I don't know. Okay. Okay. It's a conspiracy, man. It's a conspiracy all against him. Yep. Uh, naturally, he developed a fondness for guns. Naturally. Mainly handguns. Uh, oh, naturally. Police, yeah. The police chief um, at the time even described him as a gun freak. You know you're a little too into guns when they call when you the a police gun police chief yeah. calls you a gun freak. <laughs> yeah. Um, this brings us to 1975. March 29th, 1975, James met a woman named Wanda Bishop at the 19th Hole Cocktail Lounge. James told Wanda, <laughs> "What are you doing?" 19th hole cocktail. 19th lounge. hole. It's a yep. It's a golf cocktail lounge. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. Um. So James told Wanda how he was having financial trouble. He was unemployed, and about his family. Mm-hmm. He told her that he had a problem that had to be taken care of immediately. Hmm. What kind of problem? Yeah. I don't know. He, <laughs> he lived with his mother, and she was going to kick him out if he didn't start paying her the money that he owed her. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Wanda said that he left around 11 p.m., only to come back a little while later. She asked if he had taken care of his problem yet, and he said, no, not yet, and stayed there until 2.30 a.m. Yeah. Nope, not um, yet. Next day. His mother, Chastity, had been ill recently, so his brother Leonard, Leonard's wife, Alma, and their eight children, ranging from four years to eight years old, came uh, later in the day for Easter. James slept off his drunken night out while the family had an Easter egg hunt in the front yard. And at 4 p.m., he woke up and came downstairs. Uh, His mother was in the kitchen making sandwiches and Leonard and his wife Alma were sitting at the kitchen table. The kids were mainly in the living room, with the exception of, like, one in the bathroom and one waiting to get into the bathroom. Mm -hmm. After spending a few minutes chatting with his brother about politics and the stock market, he said he was going to go shoot some targets. So he went upstairs, grabbed three pistols and a rifle, and came back downstairs. According to him... He was headed out of the kitchen when his brother asked him with a, quote, mocking smile, end quote, um, how's your Volkswagen, Jimmy? What? He, his brother said, how's your Volkswagen, Jimmy? So this is where things went wrong. Okay. Rupert had been convinced that his brother had been trying to sabotage his Volkswagen for months. Oh my God. Yeah. He believed Leonard had destroyed his carburetor and his distribute distributor. Jesus. Distributor. Words. 
You're being noisy. Go away. Uh, sabotage the windshield wipers, loosen the bumper, and blown holes in the muffler. Jesus. Yeah. He told psychiatrists he had a, uh, at that point he had a sort of surge of like thoughts and memories and fantasies about what his brother had done to him mm-hmm. throughout his life. Um, and he thought Leonard was mocking him and wanted him to stop. So he reflexively drew his gun and shot him. But that no, that's that's not a reflex. That's he then shot Alma. Definitely not a reflex. Yep. He chastity lunged for him and tried to stop him, leading to him shooting her as well. And then he headed to the living room and continued shooting. No, he did not kill those children. He he fired a total of thirty one shots. And no one but him made it out alive. This guy is not even Satan incarnate. He is worse than Satan because Satan would not kill a child. Yeah, that's God. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All in all, the massacre took five minutes. Mm. Yeah. Around three hours later, Rupert called the police and said, There's been a shooting here. It only took a few minutes to arrive, and when they did, he was standing inside the front door. Police found five bodies in the living room and six in the kitchen. Hmm. The the kind of weird thing, though, is that the only sign of a struggle at all was a knocked-over basket. Like, that was it. Uh. Like, it didn't look like anybody tried to run. It didn't look like... Anybody tried to fight him? That's so weird. Yeah. Like, I mean, was um, he just that quick? I, mean, I, I hate thinking. Was he I just mean, that quick shooting It took shooting five them? minutes. Like, can you imagine? You know how far you can move in your house in, like, five minutes. Oh, I can cover this whole house in less than five minutes. Right. But that took less than five minutes. Mm-hmm. Jeez. That's, mm. Um... He was immediately taken into custody and charged with 11 counts of aggravated murder. He absolutely refused to talk to the police at first. Like, he did eventually confess, but people were so shocked. They said he was the kindest person and all that kind of shit. Yeah. There was, there was literally one lady who said, like, she refused to believe it. Even after he confessed and was faced with the evidence and he was in prison, Mm -hmm. she refused. Like, she still visits him. Yeah. Um, Stockholm Syndrome. And, no, like, she she just genuinely believed that he didn't do it. He's just a good guy, Grace. Like, she would, people would talk shit about him and she would defend him. Okay. Like, they weren't even that close, I don't think. I mean, to each... Insane. To each their own. Anyway, when the case went to trial in the June... In the June. The June? When the case went to trial in June of 1975, he pled not guilty by reason of insanity. He was definitely insane, but... Defense attorney H.J. Bressler argued that Ruppert had been insane for years Mm -hmm. and that he was incapable of controlling his actions. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of psychiatrists in this trial. Good. Uh, One's for the defense. One said that James suffered from a paranoid psychotic state and one of the symptoms was departure from reality in terms of thinking and behavior. Basically that he was inclined to be excessively suspicious, jealous, and angry. Paranoid. Yes. Yes. The defense psychiatrist testified that James was absolutely convinced that his family, uh, the police, and the FBI were all involved in a conspiracy to persecute him. Mm -hmm. One psychiatrist said his ability to evaluate is impaired. His view of others is warped. He sees virtually no one in a kindly light. Altogether, they attempted to show that he couldn't control himself and that he was overwhelmed with suppressed rage coming from a place of paranoia and delusion. However, 
The prosecution brought in witnesses and evidence suggesting otherwise. They said that he planned the whole thing so he could benefit from their deaths. He definitely did. Also, I am to so sorry. Tree. Yeah. <laughs> sorry about what? Crystal. I don't know if you can hear her or not, but she just jumped on my chair and she's going crazy. No, I can't hear her at okay. all. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they thought he could benefit from their deaths to the tune of $300,000. Oh, okay. Yeah. Prosecuting attorney John Holcomb... Uh, argued that James planned to get arrested so he could plead insane so that he could go to a state mental hospital and eventually be declared sane so he could collect money from his family's life insurance, real estate, savings accounts, and other investments. But... Seems like a bit of of a thing to go through, don't you think? But also, also, as the person who killed the family, I don't think he would be getting the life insurance. Ah, well, under Ohio law, oh Jesus, he wouldn't be able. He would not be able to inherit the fa- his family estate if he had been found guilty of murder. Mm-hmm. But if he was declared innocent by reason of insanity, he would have gotten everything. Oh jeez. Yes. Uh, this. Uh, <sighs> Yeah, so the idea that he was trying to kill them for money is backed up by his statements to Wanda Bishop, where he was saying that he was having financial trouble and all of that stuff. Yeah. He had also invested and lost thousands of dollars in the stock market and was about to be, obviously, about to be evicted from his rent-free bedroom with his mother. Go figure. Uh, Two psychiatrists and a psychologist testified on behalf of the prosecution that James was aware of what he was doing and knew right from wrong the whole time, and that he had the ability to resist his aggressive impulses. Well, yeah. On top of that... Oh, shit, what did I do? Stop it. On top of that, a gun store employee claimed that a month or two before the Easter killings, Rupert... Rupert, I keep on saying Rupert, Rupert, James, had asked him where he could get a gun silencer. Okay. Any specific reason, or? People think that he wanted a gun silencer so that he could kill his family without anybody hearing. Wow. Okay. That's not premeditated. Nope. Right. Uh, initially, he was sentenced to 11 life sentences for the massacre, but the case went to retrial uh, in 1982, um, and a three-judge panel found him guilty in the deaths of his mother and his brother, but not guilty by reason of insanity for the other nine victims. How does that make any sense? So, the idea behind it is kind of that he killed his mother and his brother for revenge or for money or whatever Mm -hmm. but for the others it's like um his mind and body went into autopilot like he had like a sort of break when that happened and so he his body just went on autopilot and anything that was there he just killed them i mean that makes that makes sense but also but he shot the wife before he shot his mother yeah i I don't know um he was sentenced to two consecutive life life terms in prison good um as of december 2019 he remains incarcerated in the franklin medical center in columbus ohio in june of 1995 at the age of 61 he was granted a hearing before the state parole board but his release was denied Mm mm-hmm he received another hearing in April of 2015, um, and release was denied again. His next hearing is set for April of 2025, when he will be 91. Yes. Okay. So, real quick. Some extra things, um, that happened because of all of that. Oh, jeez. Okay. Good things, bad Locals, things. Locals, a bit of a mix. Okay. Locals became obsessed with the case. They would visit the house at all hours of the day and night. The trial and even the funeral had a shit ton of spectators. Like a funeral. Okay. Um, yeah. 
One of the locals with the same last name who was not related to the family at all was harassed so much that he had to change his last name for a while. Poor guy. Yeah, he said that even people who knew him well that he worked with thought that he might be involved just because he had the same last name. I mean, I get it. I remember in, um, sorry, random, off topic. No, go for it. In elementary school. Do you remember the other kid with the last name Bischoff? No. No. Was that Pillsbury Doughboy? Might have been. Might have been. But his last name was Bischoff, and he told everyone that we were married. And I'm sitting here like, we're 10? <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Fair. Okay, continue. I'm so sorry, but that's that made me think of that. That's okay. There was um, a guy named Dylan... Who has the same... Who, Dylan Gibbs. Yeah. And we were not related at all. I hated this kid. Um, sorry if you're out there, Dylan. <laughs> didn't like you. Um, and he tried to convince people, including me, that we had the same parents. Um. <laughs> and I was like, boy, no. No. Wish, wishful thinking there, but, but anyway. no. Anyway. Anyway. A year after the killings... The Rupert home was opened to an auction. Okay. Yeah, they auctioned off all the family's remaining possessions, appliances, clothing, furniture, whatever was left. Uh, a lot of people showed up just to look for bloodstains. Of course yeah. they did. I mean, that's something yeah. that we might probably do, but... I would not... <laughs> I, that's insane. Maybe not I, a year no. after the fact, but... Um, a new family eventually moved in. Uh, they found out what happened there a few days before they closed on the house. Oh, God, and they still they, closed? Yeah, they went back and they're like, you know what? I still like the house. Jeez, okay. Um, so they got it, and... It wasn't until after they signed the contract and moved in that they noticed the floorboards. The floorboards? The floorboards in the basement. Oh, no. Yeah, so the ceiling in the basement. <gasps> Apparently. Um, they didn't do a very good was, job cleaning, did they? There was so much blood that it seeped through the floorboards and was, like, dripping. And it stained the wood. And I saw a picture, and they're still there. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Um, they're not too bothered, though. Okay. Um, the only thing they're worried about is if he ever gets parole. Okay, understandable. I would be yeah. worried about that, too. But they've got another uh, five years to worry about that. And he'll also be 90-something, so. 91, yeah. yeah. But, Yeah. Uh, that's my story. Okay, yeah, yours is definitely, um, a little worse than mine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, just marginally? Actually, yeah, just marginally. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um. What if I, uh, read out all of the victims' names and their ages? I mean, that would probably do it, too, but you also said that they were between 8 and 4, so... No, 4 and 17. Oh, 4 and 17 for the kids? Mm-hmm. Oh, I heard eight. I don't know where I heard I don't know where I heard eight either. Anyway, four was the youngest. So, yeah. 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 Okay. <clears throat> My story? Yep. I'm actually super excited about it. Okay, let's go. I didn't know about it. My dad knew about it. I told him before we ate dinner today. And he was like, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. And I'm like, really? <laughs> and I'm just now hearing about it? it? <laughs> All right. So, um... Originally, I had picked out a story based on a YouTube video titled The Paranormal Easter Bunny Game. Oh, is that the Krampus one? Yeah. Yeah, um, I saw that. <laughs> but but that that kind of fell through and I couldn't yeah. I couldn't find anything else. I mean, I spent a solid hour trying to find something on it and any variation of evil Easter Bunny game could not pull up anything worth anything. So they just made that shit up. I want to say yes, but I also don't want to discredit the girl for any research, but I couldn't back up her, her research. So she made that shit up. 
sure. Don't just play. Uh, no, not. I, I mean, as promising as it looked, there wasn't a whole lot. Just a brief mention. Anywho. Okay. My story this week is the bunny man. The bunny man. The bunny man. And my What's sources. The bunny man? My sources are... Wikipedia.com, scary4kids.com, whamu.org, bulbapp.com, thefoundrycast.com, and liveabout.com. Live about, okay. live about, I don't know. Okay, so there are actually a couple of different stories related to the bunny man. And I'm going to tell both of them to you before I get into the truth of it all. Okay. Okay. So, as one story goes, in 1949, a man in a bunny costume was frequently seen in the neighborhoods of Fairfax County, Virginia. Yes, Virginia. While the bunny costume is creepy enough... Mm-hmm. He would apparently watch the children as they would play. Mm. He would talk to them, be nice, and when the children would ask who he was, he would just respond with the Easter Bunny. Sorry, I'm sorry. Do you, do you know the bunny man? The bunny man? The bunny man! <laughs> who lives on Drury Lane? On Drury Lane? <laughs> Uh, okay. <coughs> okay. He would then watch as each child would go home, returning at night. Mm. He would then break into their houses while everyone was asleep, hack the parents with an axe, <gasps> and kidnap the children. What? When all of the children in the neighborhood had vanished, the police finally connected the strange man in the bunny suit with the kidnappings. <laughs> However, uh, no one knew where he lived. Of course not. <laughs> Sometime after, the money man... The money man... I can't talk. They need to look for a burrow. They Actually, they did need to look for a burrow. The bunny man was seen in another neighborhood, but when the police were alerted, he was just gone. Of course. They then decided that they would do a night patrol in an attempt to catch him. Of course. Mm. Sure enough, the man in the bunny costume was seen heading towards a house holding an axe. When the police got out of their car, they could hear him sing. Here comes the Easter Bunny hacking up all the parents I can. Hippity hoppity bloodshed on its way. <laughs> what the fuck? Hippity hoppity bloodshed on its way. Oh, yep. fuck. They yelled at the man to freeze, but he ignored them. They got out of the car, threatening to shoot unless he put the axe down. Not heeding the policeman's warnings, the bunny man lunged at them, swinging the axe above his head. They shot at him, and he fell to the ground. Emergency services were called. However, the man in the bunny suit was pronounced dead on the scene. Upon removing his mask, the officers were unable to identify him. In fact, no one could. On top of that, the Easter Bunny was dead, and they had no one who could tell them where the children he kidnapped were. That is, until two fishermen were down by a bridge when they heard a bunch of children crying. When they went to investigate, they found a shed under the bridge, said Burrow you were talking about. The shed was padlocked, but this was most definitely where the crying and screaming children were. One of them went off to get help, while the other stayed to try and calm the children down. When the police arrived, they were able to break the lock with some bolt cutters. Inside the shed, they found a bunny costume and more weapons. And they concluded that this had been the hideout for the Easter Bunny and took everything into evidence before demolishing it. 
As a side note, according to the story, apparently a year later, the mayor of the town decided to ban Easter altogether (laughs) um, in an attempt to help the children forget about the Easter bunny who went on a killing spree. But also, no, this is prime time for candy sales. Like, this is great for your economy. <laughs> yeah, who gives a shit about the fucking kids? I don't, even, I don't give a shit about your kids. The kids were fine. It's the parents that weren't fine. Yeah. Yeah, but those kids were fucking traumatized. This is true. They were very traumatized. Over the years, the story of the bunny man has turned into an urban legend. Teenagers often find themselves daring each other to go over or through the bridge where the bunny man's shack had been. People have reported seeing a figure standing in the tunnel with an axe in its hand. Mm. If no figure is visible and a person dares to go into the tunnel, a bright blinding light would appear, and when it cleared, that poor person would be hacked up and hanging from the top of the bridge. It is rumored that the bunny man's ghost is the cause of this. And it is said that his ghost also roams the, ro- the woods surrounding the bridge and chops up any teenagers who he comes across. Across. And as a side note, I do officially hate the word hack now with how mm-hmm. many times I've said it. Uh, ooh. Yeah. <clears throat> so... The second story. I almost forgot there was a second one. (laughs) Uh, uh, Jesus. It begins in Clifton, Virginia. Short little walk away. At the start of the 20th century, Clifton was a cute, quaint farming community that was established around a railway stop. As the town grew in size, apparently the residents were super unhappy about the asylum that was so close. They had apparently passed some sort of petition or law in order to shut the asylum down. To the town's dismay, as the prisoners were being moved, one managed to escape. His name was Douglas Griffin. Griffin had been committed to the asylum after brutally killing his parents on Easter morning with an axe. At 12... Yeah. The police scoured the woods for months, searching for the escaped convict. But all they found were half-eaten and mutilated rabbits. Ew. Poor bunnies. The following Halloween, three teenagers went missing. Search parties were formed and bloodhounds were brought in to look for them. They led the officers to a small bridge that had a rail line on the top and a road crossing underneath. Hanging from the bridge were the missing teens. They were disemboweled like the rabbits in the wood like the rabbits in the woods had been. Griffin was standing on top of the bridge, laughing like a maniac and waving around an axe. While Wearing a bunny mask that he fashioned out of rabbit fur. Ew. God. Yep. According to the story, the teens had been walking under the bridge to a friend's house when they found Griffin hiding under said bridge. As he was laughing, he was then struck by an oncoming train. (gasps) Of course he was. (laughs) So the next year... More teenagers were hanging around the bridge at night. First of all, so unsafe. Do, right. Like, do not hang around train tracks, trestles, bridges at night. That's just, no, super dangerous. Um, okay. The, teenage were two, the teenagers were two boys and their girlfriends. Hoping to scare the girls a little. Rude. The boys stopped their car under the bridge and dragged the girls out of the car. They were teasing. I don't like that. I don't like it. <sighs> hmm. I went on a little rant in my little notes here. Um, hmm. They were teasing the girls, telling them that the ghost of the bunny man would get them. Oh, 
Fuck you. The teasing got to be too much for one of the girls, and she pushed the boys away, running out from under the bridge and into the road. As she turned around, at the exact stroke of midnight, she saw a bright flash of light from under the bridge they were just at. And when it faded, she saw her friend's bodies hanging from the bridge and a bloody axe stuck in the windshield of the car. Yo. Yo. Those are the urban legends. There are two of them. But these two stories seem to be based on some truth. Oh, really? Mm Mm-hmm. So, on the evening of October 18th, 1970, an Air Force cadet named Robert Bennett and his fiancée were driving near Colchester Bridge and suddenly had to slam on their brakes when a man in a full-body gray suit walked in front of their car. The man had something like bunny ears on his head and a small hatchet axe in his hand. No, thank you. He then proceeded to yell at the couple, telling them that they were on his property and to leave. (laughs) (laughs) He then threw the hatchet into their windshield and ran off into the woods. Understandably, the couple were shaken and Uh, were not able to provide too much detail. However, Bennett and the police did initially think that the man might have been a, a member of the KKK, Due to the pale outfit and the eared head covering. The man was then dubbed the Bunny Man by the newspapers. I know you're trying to think about it in your head. The Aren't, Don't they wear white or red? Pale. The pale. Yeah, but I thought outfit. that he was wearing... I thought he was wearing gray. Yes, but in... <clears throat> If you think about it, even in a white outfit in the certain lighting can look kind of gray. I don't know. I know white pretty easily. <laughs> so Off white. <laughs> okay. Off white. Less than two weeks later, a security guard was making his rounds on the construction site of a housing development. During these rounds, he ran across a man... Dressed in the same clothing mentioned by Bennett, who was using an axe to smash roof supports of the new houses that were being built. Uh, rude. After newspapers ran that story, the bunny man called the authorities and told them that he was against the spread of the new subdivisions into his woods. His woods. His woods. He told the police that he would meet them at Colchester Bridge on Halloween night. However... He never showed and has not been seen since. Of course he didn't. He's a little bitch. (laughs) The bunny man's a little bitch. According to eyewitnesses and based on his voice, he was, at the time, a teenager who was just upset about the new housing developments. Mm. So, yep. Urban legend. It's like the game of telephone. You get something that's real and and goes with something and it gets misconstrued multiple times Mul- yeah literally multiple times so it went from being a teenager who's hurling a hatchet at a windshield to get people to drive away and breaking roofs to mm-hmm someone literally kidnapping children and hacking their parents up and hanging them in. And then a bright light appearing and killing people. Yeah. Okay. Apparently, on Halloween, people gather at the bridge to try and see the bunny man. Oh, dear. Um, and that is my last note on that. So, urban legend kind of paranormal really like doesn't that. end well but no but i liked it that was a good story it like i said i had I, I really enjoyed this story but also i mainly enjoyed it because i could see where this this urban legend came from yeah not like bloody mary where it's been out there forever 
That has a, multiple origins and is very interesting. It yeah, we gotta cover it. We, yeah. we gotta cover it. So okay. But yeah, I've never heard of Bunny Man. How'd your dad hear about I it? I don't know. It's it's some antihero. I'll have to ask him. But Are anyway, sure it's not Donnie Darko. <laughs> yeah, it was not Donnie Darko. I know what Donnie Darko looks like. It was not Donnie Darko. Um, you know what? We should have just um, acted out Donnie Darko for this episode. That would have been interesting. Next time. That would have been very weird. Next time. Next yeah. time. We'll get yeah. the script and print it. Yeah, we'll be good. We'll do the B-movie um, <laughs> some other time. Yes. That's come back in about mm, a month, two months. Hey, quarantine goes the way it's going. I'm going to start doing some weird shit. All right. So if you enjoyed that, if you did not, please follow us on Facebook and Instagram, Instagram. at Myths and Misfortunes or Twitter at Myths Misfortune. Or you can just search for us using our full name, Myths and Misfortunes. We do pop up. Please do that because I tend to forget that we have two different names on Twitter and Facebook. um you can also you can also send us an email to myths and misfortune at gmail.com our music was composed by mckean fulbright and our art was created by heather marie adkins their websites are listed in the description below (laughs) sounds good please don't forget to rate and review and subscribe um we would super appreciate that we have been getting a few more people listening to our stories so please get a word of mouth out there to your friends anyone who might enjoy the spooky or the completely terrifying yeah the spooky or the ookie (laughs) Ah. (laughs) and um Thanks so much for listening, guys. Yes, thank you. Goodbye. Bye.